the point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy. Who is good? Hashtag glue guy. Hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holik to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is the Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zoraris. Zoraris. Fans, welcome to Liberty Blue, the essential New York Rangers podcast. I'm Andrew Chelney alongside Nick Zararis. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all that celebrate a very special occasion today. Nick, well, they pretty much dominated Toronto, had a real bad second half of the game against Edmonton, blew that game, and Igor stole the show against Buffalo for the Rangers to have another two and one record on the week. Nothing like winning in the National Hockey League, man. It's a long season. That Buffalo game was kind of slipping away from them there. But when you win a game like that in a long season like this, it's really exciting. It's a really good feeling. I was out with my friend second weekend in a row on a Saturday at the same dive bar. Only people paying attention to the game. We had to annoy the bartender to put that on because the 4 o'clock football game was still on the one TV, and we had to annoy them to get the Ranger game on. But Rangers did their job. They continue to find ways to win. The goaltending has done a really nice job in the last few weeks as the defense is kind of – I won't say it's totally fallen off a cliff, but the defense isn't nearly as good as it was the first few weeks of the season. But, again, it's such a long season – they're still up in, in that upper echelon, that highest tier of team in the NHL right now. And the exciting part of that is, you know, either Hedl and Kako come back or they make at least one roster move, if not two. That That's the exciting thing here. It's not just, hey, this team is playing really well. It's this team is playing really well, missing two players. And they're probably going to get both those guys back and probably one more guy on top of that. It's just a matter of when those injured guys are able to finally come back. They keep winning, and that's really all. That, like that, that's the most important thing. Yeah, they. I, I'm not a big fan of their defense recently. It's and it's weird too because they'll have they'll have one game against Toronto, and I know Toronto's not really doing a whole lot right now, especially after giving up nine goals against Buffalo. I know they're not playing the best hockey we've ever seen Toronto play, but the Rangers essentially dominated that game for vast stretches of the game, the entire the entire possession and 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 time on ice attack. Everything was in Toronto's zone for for yeah. the for the most part. That game was one of the best the Rangers have played all season long. It was a, just a complete game all the way around, and the Rangers look really good. And they get to Edmonton, play the first thirty five ish minutes of that game really well, and then they just kind of act like apart. they wo- they've already it won the apart. game, and then they blew it because Edmonton is desperate for wins, need need points right now more than the Rangers. And the Rangers kind of, I don't know, it was a very strange atmosphere where the Rangers just kind of didn't defend at all for the for that the final 25 minutes of the game. And what do you know, Edmonton, Edmonton scored all those goals and they won. Also, McDavid was quiet. The fact that McDavid was quiet, I think Dreisaitl was pretty quiet too that for, for, the vast, for the vast majority of that game. And the Rangers still lost? Guys, guys, can we, that, that game didn't look good. But you know what? Buffalo Buffalo was really close to getting away from them as well. Luckily, Igor played really well, especially in overtime. 
saved the game, had a couple of massive, massive saves. Everybody that was screaming about Jonathan Quick needing more starts, arrest all of them immediately, please and thank you. Listen, they, they got two wins. That's the most important thing, but um, uh, it's it's uh, there's 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 some there's some issues with the Rangers right now. Even though, again, like it's it's tough to to be like, oh well, the Rangers are doing X, Y, and Z all wrong, and they when they're the the best team in the league right now, but they 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 do have some things to clean up. Yeah, I mean, when you in a long season like this, you're gonna have ups, you're gonna have downs. That's what we keep coming back to, and so far this year. Whenever the Rangers have had a difficult game, they've had a bad loss. Generally speaking, the next game, they've come back out with a nice pep in their step and address the issue. I mean, you think about it, losing that Edmonton game. You mentioned it, and I went and pulled up the box score. Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod were the goal scorers. McDavid had one secondary assist on all of those goals. Dreisaitl not in the score sheet at all. When you're getting beat by guys that low in the lineup, that tells you, hey, we're being sloppy. We're not executing properly. And to your point about the Toronto game, which was really encouraging, the Rangers made Toronto play that game in a way that be- benefited the Rangers. The, we, we talked about that a lot last year, that there was the Rangers weren't really great at getting the game to go their way. They weren't great at trying to get the game into their ideal state. Against Toronto, they really slowed that game down. They took their opportunities when they were there. They were aggressive in the neutral zone. They tried to force Toronto into those long stretch passes that when you're a a really talented team like Toronto, you're able to do. But the Rangers did a nice job of that. When you get secondary offense, like we were talking about before we started recording, you got the goal from Schneider. You don't expect him to do that a whole lot. But when you continue to get goals from guys like Braden Schneider and Will Cooley and Jimmy Vesey over the course of a long season, on top of getting Zabinijad going, and you know Kreider's kind of due to get on one of his little heaters soon, the math starts working out really nicely for you mentally when you think about it from the perspective that they are getting by with missing two top nine forwards, top six forwards, if you want to be really generous in terms of Kako and Heedle. They're still scoring enough to win all of these games. The power play is still humming along, one of the best in the league. And it is the best in the league. It might be, it might not be. I forget off the top of my head. I haven't seen the updated stats, I think, since Friday. But when you have the when you are getting enough secondary offense from pieces like Cooley, VC, etc., and you know your got your best players still have another level to get to in terms of Kreider, at least in my opinion. I feel like he can he's due for one of his little five goals in seven, eight games type streaks where they get him two deflections on one power on one two power play deflections in one game to kind of pad the stats a little bit. He'll get going. And like we were talking about a few weeks ago, we knew Zabinajad was gonna get it going eventually. He's had a nice run in the last couple of weeks as well. And the exciting part of all of this is. The Rangers, in terms of their result, uh, not results, excuse me, in terms of how they've played, they've played probably like a B minus for the last month and a half, and they still have one of the best records in the entire league. That tells you, hey, we get one more good player in here, we tighten up the leaks a little bit, and we're going to be in really good shape. At that, at that point, it's just a matter of staying healthy. And there's only so much you can do about that. Hockey's a violent sport. You, you, can, you can't play in bubble wrap. You can't play at half speed. But... Everything big picture wise paints an idea that this team is good. It has another level to get to and they still get to add pieces to it. The fact that again, the Rangers are missing Capo Caco, uh, a guy that we've highlighted multiple times as 
somebody that is really, really important to the defensive end of the Rangers system. The Rangers have much better underlying defensive stats when Capo Caco is in the lineup versus when he's not. Filipino, the same thing. So when you take out two important players, and I we've talked about this before, but we'll say it again. I don't care. I, I obviously want Capococco to score a thousand points every season. That's the goal. That's the dream. People stat cheat read too much for Capococco. He is a really good defensive forward. Yeah, I would. Would he, would the Rangers like him to score more? Sure, I'd like everyone to score more. That, that that's that's why I turn on NHL twenty four and play Capococco and score five hundred points. Like that's you know, but but I. Everybody has their role on their team, and everybody has a res- their their number one responsibility. And for Capo Caco, he was getting his chances before, and he was just being a really good defensive forward, and he was helping the system along to to be one of the best in, in the league. The one thing that I was what I wanted to bring up was Steve Alaquette during one of the broadcasts talked about how the Rangers last season were was the the worst team in the NHL in terms of scoring off of rebounds. They were thirty second. This season, they were their second. So they are heavy, heavy, heavy attacking the front of the net as soon as they get anything on there. And that's one of the that's one of the changes that Pierre Laviolette has made that I really liked. Instead of just throwing it on net and then doing nothing when the puck is right in front of the net, like now, now they're attacking, they're chasing. And that's one of the things that has led to more goals for them. And I really like that change. It's a positive change by Peter Laviolette. And that, is, that has turned into more, more goals and ultimately more wins for this team. Kako's still not here. Keto's still not here. They're, they're skating by themselves. Luckily, I mean, there was a report that Capo Caco might be back before the All-Star break, which would be incredible if that happens. And with Hedl, we never know because brain injuries, he's had multiple of them. Just I hope he can be can go back to normal, whether it be on the ice or not, just like as a human being, because brain injuries are very scary, regardless of what you do. Hopefully he gets back to 100% relative, you know, sooner rather than later. The, the fact that we can sit here and be like, okay, well, you know, the bottom pair isn't, isn't playing really well. There's, there's some holes in the lineup. There's this and that. And yet we look at the standings and we go, oh, well, they're still the best team in NHL. So there's, there, it, there's, it's very nice to see that despite all of these issues that the Rangers might be having on a 99 basis, not only are they still putting up points, they're putting up wins, and they're, they're still at the top of the league. And jumping off of that, something else that's encouraging you think about the landscape of the NHL right now, other than maybe the Golden Knights, I don't think I'm particularly scared of anybody. I think the Rangers would have a really good chance against pretty even Vegas, I think is Vegas is better than the Rangers. I don't feel weird about saying that, even though the Rangers have a better record. I think Vegas is a better team. I think they're a little more battle tested. Their coach, they won the Stanley Cup last year. I think I trust uh not Pete DeBoer. God, my brain is so fried. I'm tired. Bruce Cassidy. I trust Bruce Cassidy a little bit more than Peter Laviolette, at least right now. But going into that series, I wouldn't feel bad. I think the Rangers would have a decent chance in that series. Same thing against Dallas, even though when the Rangers played Dallas, they didn't play particularly well. Same thing against Colorado. We saw them do it against Toronto. I Boston doesn't particularly worry me. The Rangers have played them pretty well the two times they've played. I, I don't think the, the league is in a weird spot this year, and I was talking about this a few days ago with somebody. It just kind of feels like every team is ass 
There's five good teams. Everybody else is ass. And then there's the five teams all the way at the bottom that are like super ass. Like teams like Montreal. <laughs> Put that te- on the teams, shirt. teams like the Sharks and the Ducks that are just, yeah. they're out of it already. But it feels like w- there aren't a lot of good teams, frankly, this year. And when you are having this type of regular season, that is going to unlock things for you. You are going to be a little more, you are going to be in a better position. I This is, it's weird because typically speaking, when the Rangers have a season like this, it's usually a second half surge type thing where February through March, they rattle off, you know, 12 out of 18 and they jump from third to second. They jump from fourth up to second, that kind of thing. Right now, you look at the Metro. I know the Islanders are somehow hanging around, even though they don't win in regulation and they lose a lot. In don't overtime. bring it up. Don't bring it up because we'll have Islanders fans or our mentions yelling at us like they're yelling at Dom Lachision about it. So. We'll talk about the Islanders at some point, but we're not going to dawdle too much. It's Christmas. If you're sneaking away from your family for a few minutes to hang out with us, we appreciate it. But just looking around, the Flyers, the Devils and the Hurricanes don't look like they're ever going to get it together at this point. I mean, the, the the Hurricanes, the goaltending situation is weird. The Devils, the defense hasn't been nearly as good as it was last year. The goaltending, not nearly as good as it was last year. Timo Meyer very clearly playing hurt. I want to bring something up. That okay. and I don't mean to interrupt you. The, the thing about New Jersey, and I feel like people aren't talking about this as much as maybe they should. They had the golden opportunity during the offseason to trade for Connor Hellbuck. I don't mm-hmm. think Winnipeg was ever actually going to do that. You, Whether, you saw the I, extensions they gave and that type of thing. They, I don't think so. They had the opportunity either at the draft to do it, which is what was going around at the time that Connor Hellbuck was maybe because because there was a report remember earlier on earlier on that Connor Hellbuck was not happy he wanted out New Jersey seemed like like the prime fit that seemed to be the match and that's we talked about how oh if well if they get Connor Hellbuck then you know like they're the scariest team in the league well they had they had either the real window or the perceived window to be able to make that trade. They didn't do it, and now they have the worst, some of the worst goaltending in the league, and they've lost multiple games as a result of that, and this is, and like that, and, and Carolina as well, but Carolina will never put all of their chips in. That's just how the Carolina Hurricanes operate, for, for better or for worse, and the answer right now is for worse, because they have their window that's, supposedly open and yet they would they will never ever go all in on a season to just try to win it all they just won't do it that's the way that their managerial system is in place that's how they run they want to be good forever they never want to be great that's how the carolina hurricanes are operating right now the new jersey devils again whether it be perceived or real had the opportunity to at least you know, push hard for Connor Hellbuck at the time where the Jets, we didn't know what was going on with them, whether everybody was going, none of them were going, no one had any idea. The Tom Fitzgerald could have, could have swept in and gotten a deal done. And yet he didn't do it. He didn't get really, he didn't get a goaltender. And now the devils look, uh, they, they, I'll do it. Screw it. I'll do it. Like they, they need anybody right now to stop, to stop pucks because they don't have anybody that's, that can do it. Okay, so I'm not saying 70- I can do better, but I probably couldn't do worse. That's what I'm saying. 
looking looking at the uh, evolving wild leaderboard of qualified goaltenders, Vitek Vanacek is seventy seventh out of seventy eight, and Akira Schmidt is sixty third out of seventy eight. So yeah, the the numbers bear out that that idea as well. And on top of that, the one thing I will say counterpoint to that, we know how the media works in hockey. Hellebuck saying, "Hey, I'm unhappy with this situation." The Devils being linked to him. That was Hellebuck's agent trying to get the Jets to increase their offer. I don't know whether or not the Jets were ever actually going to seriously consider trading him or Mark Shifley. You saw how those extensions were agreed to when they were agreed to. So I do agree with you that the Devils probably messed up by not solidifying that position. But on counterpoint to that, this division is kind of wide open. Like I, I was talking about this the other day. Points-wise, the standings, it, we're talking about like six points separating third from like seventh in the Metro because of how mediocre so many of these teams have been coming out of the gate. You look at it. Rangers, Islanders, Flyers, 47, 41, 40 points. And then Washington, 39, Tampa Bay, 39, Carolina, 38, New Jersey, 38, uh, New Jersey, 36, Detroit, 36, Montreal, 35, Montreal, who we all agree stinks is, you know, five points back of the last playoff spot that we're not talking about anything particularly stellar. Detroit here. also, by the way, another team that literally could not buy a save, just hate their lives. James Reimer is awful. James oh my Reimer's God, been, he's awful. James Reimer's been done awful. for a while. James Reimer's old. He, he's been in the league a long time. He's done. That that was not... Uh, we we talked about the idea of the Iser plan, whether or not it actually exists. I was always skeptical of putting chips in on a group that's best player was Dylan Larkin. And like, Dylan Larkin's good, but he's not the best player on a team that wins the Stanley Cup. I mean, Sider had a good season two years ago, but he hasn't made a big leap from there. I like Mason Rudolph, M- Mason Rudolph the Steelers quarterback. words are lucas raymond there we go that's who i was trying to say words are hard when you're over team sometimes he does well sometimes i want to rip my hair out but we'll wrap up in the next five minutes or so just as far as where they're at the division looks to be a dud pittsburgh pittsburgh i don't know what they do at this point i don't think they'll fire mike sullivan because they've tied up a lot of money in him and kyle doesn't seem like the type to impulsively fire his coach to save his own ass i mean he would have well been well within his bounds to fire sheldon keith in the last year or two to save his own neck and he thought sheldon was doing a good job so he didn't do that uh they don't have a bottom six to speak of uh ryan graves just hasn't fit there they're a defenseman short their goaltending weirdly enough has been good for them but it doesn't matter because their team just doesn't have any depth the islanders are weird their power play has kind of been good out of nowhere they have a top 10 power play which is interesting the flyers uh good for tortorella but i don't buy it i think that flyers team very easily falls out of that spot washington and charlie lindgren charlie lindgren having the year of his life yeah. at you know 27 28 the, None of these teams scream, oh, we're going to go on a crazy run. Washington, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, Detroit, Montreal, Pittsburgh. None of those teams has shown the ability to string together like more than three wins in a row, in all honesty. None of those teams really worry you. The the one caveat I'll say, I mean, New Jersey is always scary because of how the amount of talent they have on that roster. If they figure it out, they can always go on a run. I will. I won't count New Jersey out until they're out themselves they're just a team that yeah they might not they're not playing well right now their goaltending has been atrocious 
but they have so much talent on that team that they can kind of like they can kind of be Edmonton light for a little bit and then just be like, oh, well, we can just win every game seven to six because of how much offense we have on the roster. They could do that if they so chose. I don't know if Lindy Ruff would ever want to do that, but that's it is uh, is an option on the table if they so wished. The other team is Carolina again, another team and broad and Rod Brendamore will never call out his GM directly he will always do it indirectly there's been multiple times now where he's after games talked told the media like hey you know yeah we're writing kochetkov too much we don't you know right now he's our best option but we have to play him every night and that, that leads to bad goals it's like yeah yeah, at Don Waddell, get us a different goaltender. That is that is what he's saying. He's he's indirectly done that multiple times now, and yet they still don't haven't made a move. So, but again, it's one thing for teams to need to make a move. New Jersey needs a goaltender. Carolina needs a goaltender. Detroit needs a goaltender. Who's giving one up right now? Every, everyone, there just aren't a lot of good ones. Everyone, That's the other point. Right. Sure. Also, right now, everyone feels like they're in it, except for I guess San Jose. Like if you want, if you want to trade for Mackenzie Blackwood, you can. But other than that, what goalie is po- is on the market right now that that can that can be a positive change for you? Like th- there's just no real good option that is is screaming for a trade. So right now, if you're if you're a team that needs a goaltender, you're kind of sol until February. Even then, like none of the tandem goalies excite you. Like, oh boy, you can trade for Mackenzie Blackwood, who maybe is a league average goaltender. And his best stretch of hockey before this season was two and a half years ago in that fake 56 game season. We are long removed from Mackenzie Blackwood being one of the up and coming young goalies with a decent developmental pedigree that people thought, hey, maybe he could be somebody. Um, wrapping up here, last thing I wanted to touch on today, and you briefly wanted to touch about a uh, touch on it, but I want to have the conversation about Braden Schneider when I've done a little bit more research and been able to pour through the data a little bit more. But anecdotally, watching him play, we all are aware of the holes. The puck skills in the defensive zone are non-existent. And I understand that's probably the hardest part of playing defenseman in the NHL is playing defense in your own zone when you don't have the puck, trying to win that loose puck, recover it, and then either skate the puck out of danger or pass the puck out of danger. I understand that's really the curve between gifted defensemen and just guys in the league. And Schneider is a good enough skater, and he is good enough with the puck in the offensive zone that you would think he would have the ability to be passable in his own end. But more often than not, it feels like he is chasing the play as opposed to preventing the play. And I'm not going to say the third pair is the team's Achilles heel because they've been able to get by with this third pair. Hell, they've been able to get by with worse, frankly. I mean, they, they brought in Justin Braun, who retired as soon as the season was over. They had a replacement level waiver claim guy who's been chilling in Hartford this year in Ben Harper. They have done worse. He's out for the season, by the way. They have done a lot worse than Braden Schneider, what Braden Schneider's doing right now. But the way the Rangers talk about him, the way the team pumps his tires, you would think that there is a jump coming. I'm not going to say he's not capable of going to another level because frankly he's just not giving you a ton i know he has those weird heat check plays in the offensive zone where every now and then he'll just call his own number take the puck to the net and sometimes it goes in but at he's 22 he's got two and a half years of nhl experience and i just don't see that 
I don't see what the team sees is the way I would describe it. And I understand I am not a professional scout. I am not a talent evaluator at the NHL level. I understand there may be some nuanced things I don't pick up that somebody with a more trained eye can see. What I will say is he leaves uh, he leaves something to be desired, especially when it comes to playing defense. And as a defenseman, one of your jobs is to be good at playing defense. We for, One of the crucial things that you didn't mention that I want to bring up is that we didn't draft him. The Rangers drafted him. They are holding on to the idea, and for you know, I, and I and I agree with you. Braden Schneider is starting to worry me defensively. He and I and yeah, you, there's way worse options out there right now than having Braden Schneider play in the bottom six for sure. But especially recently, I mean, you you rewatch a couple of the you. I think he got benched after Buffalo scored the third goal last night. I don't think he played. That sounds shit. right. He he didn't play. He just sat on the bench, and for a good reason. Like what? He, like what was he doing? He just kind of stood there and watched Buffalo tie the game. Like it, it's, it's starting to be a concern for me. How will how Brand Cheddar defends in his own zone? Yeah, I mean he's got offensive talent. We've seen it. The goal against Toronto, where the seas parted, he took it all the way to the net. He scored. It was a great goal. Sure, fine. But as a defenseman, and I and I want to reiterate this. I, I say this every now and again when when these things get brought up. But the number one objective as a defenseman is to defend. The offense yes. is the offense is great, and it's always it's always welcome. But the number two priority of score goals and provide offense cannot overlap the number one priority as a defenseman, which is to defend. Brand Schneider right now is not defending well, and yeah, we'll we'll do more of a deep dive with it. We'll we'll bring we'll bring analytics and stats and all these things to the table, and we'll you know we'll really back up our arguments. But just off a very surface level, we watch all the games, we see what Brand Schneider is doing on the ice. He's caving in way too early especially recently he did it against Edmonton he did, he did it against Buffalo he's he's backing up way too far he's not attacking the he's not attacking the the forward coming in on coming in on the play he's very timid it's it seems like a lot of times and when he has the puck in the, in the defensive end he doesn't know what to do with it which is strange because you brought up before the show started how he has hold his confidence in the offensive zone with the puck but then he gets into his own end and doesn't know what to do. It's very strange to watch him to watch the the duality of Mayo Brain Schneider with the puck on his stick, and I don't know how to fix that. And I don't know what the Rangers do either. So we'll come back. That will be a topic we will readdress next week. I know everybody will be mildly hungover on New Year's Day, but we will we will troop through, do our best to do a episode normal time next Monday, six p.m. Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be safe next weekend. Uh, you know, New Year's Eve. Every now and then, weird shit happens. Be safe out there. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.